ser benfiquista é uma crença. É uma religião muito grande. A visão é um culto. A coragem, que é a liberdade, que é crer, que é vontade, que é o caráter das pessoas. A alma de quem é grande, maior que os maiores. É uma paixão que eu tenho explicação. Eu não consigo explicar o que é ser o Benfica. Eu sinto o que é ser o Benfica. Mas de facto uma paixão. E as paixões são assim, vivem-se assim intensamente. Aqui não há nenhuma razão. É paixão, paixão, paixão. Ser Benfica. Hi everybody, welcome to another edition of the Talking to the Dolby Figa podcast. My name is Alfredo. I'm here with uh, the good Oliveira, the D Oliveira. What's happening, Dave? Not much. Uh, great to be back on. Uh, I hate international break, but uh, good to be back uh, this week and talk about Figa. Yeah, that's right. Cristiano couldn't be here with us tonight, but, uh, you know, uh, we're here and that's what matters. So faz falta quem cata. And, uh, yeah. International break, as always, always very tedious, very boring international break, especially for me that uh, Benfica above all. I don't know if that's the way you feel, Dave, but uh, yeah, this this international break really puts a damper on the season, which had just started. And when you're starting to pick up momentum, international break breaks it all down, which is not not ideal but anyway uh so we're back episode 336 is what we will be serving up tonight we'll look back at Benfica's uh first game back from the international break against Gilles Vicente uh at Stade de Luz uh and also we will recap uh, last night's action as we record this on a Wednesday against Red Bull Leipzig uh the first match day of the U uh UEFA Champions League Group stages, group, uh, is it G that Benfica's in? I think it's I believe, G. I believe so. Let me confirm here. Well, yeah. if, if it's not, it's something like that. Um, so, yeah. So, um, here we are. Um, we'll get started with, uh, with Joe Vicente, and I'll run through the, the lineup real quick. Vlaco Dimos was in goal. Uh, Almeida, Dias, Ferro, Grimaldo across the back. Faisa and Tarabt. Uh, Pizzi on one side, Rafa on the other side, Seferovic and Raul de Tomas uh, up front. Uh, the, big, the biggest news here is uh, Faisa. Obviously, uh, we found out earlier uh, that uh, Florentino had picked up a, a knee injury, a meniscus uh, injury, and, and, and it looks like he's going to be sidelined for about four or six weeks when they first made that announcement. He was not going to undergo surgery, but he was going to be out a little bit until he recovered. So Faisa got the start. Um, also, there was, on, a, on a press conference before the game, uh, Brunelage was asked about the, the players that were supposedly on the way out uh, and ended up staying. And we're, we're talking about Servi, talking about Faisa, we're talking about uh, Zivkovic. Uh, and I think there was one other guy that uh, they had been talking about. But uh, Brunelage says that uh, they're here, they're working with us, and everyone counts. And sure enough, Faisa did count. Dave, how did you see this? I mean, not like it, there's an alternative. Yes, there could have been uh, Samaris, but this also speaks volumes of where Samari stands in a pecking order or even a fit for that ideal midfield midfield uh, uh, setup that Laj wants. Yeah, I don't know if uh, Laj has lost confidence in Samaris or if he just doesn't see the uh, the potential there with uh, Samaris, Tarapt, uh, Perrin going forward. But um, seeing uh, Feja there for a guy that was supposed to be on his way out and uh, this was his first minute 
of the uh, season since uh, preseason. It was kind of uh, surprising to me, but like you said, with the uh, the injury bug hitting us, especially there in the uh, center midfield, we're kind of short uh, on options there. So uh, I guess there is a silver lining for not selling uh, aphasia uh, at the uh, transfer market because uh, when the injury bugs do bite, at least we have somebody that uh, is reliable and somebody that has the experience with playing uh, for Benfica uh, there in that position. Yeah, absolutely. And with Gabriel being out, uh, with Florentino now being out, with Samaris being, I don't know, you're in today, you're out tomorrow, and then you you still have Jetson, uh, who is uh, recuperating and is finally working out with the team, uh, but at not 100%. Then you you have the, the other Tavares kid who plays in the midfield. It, it kind of made sense that Faisa would make the team considering how decimated that center midfield position is currently uh it made a lot of sense but it it, it i think it it also speaks volumes to the confidence that Laj has in the players that he works with on a day-to-day basis uh he's often said that uh if you work hard you're going to get your opportunities and despite these guys being uh, on the outs, and and I think that FaSA even fielded some, or Benfica fielded some offers from Turkey. Uh, they couldn't close the deal. I don't know what happened there, but Face is there, and and Face has been a loyal servant to this club. I mean, he's always had issues with injuries. He's had more seasons that he's played more games than others. Uh, but I think that uh, overall, I think that everyone can uh, can. Everyone knows what they can expect from Face in terms of commitment, in terms of of the effort that he's going to give you. Uh, he may be a guy that's limited into some of the uh, attributes that Laj may want from a guy in that position, but nonetheless, he's solid. He's a positional player. He's a guy that covers covers a lot of ground, so it made sense uh, for him to be there. Uh, Surprised at all that uh, he's sticking, he's stuck with the Seferovic and Raul Tomaj uh, uh, lineup or, or uh, front line tandem? Not, not really, because the injury bug has also struck up top too with uh, Vinicius also uh, yeah. out within injury, right? Uh, so the only other option there would be uh, a Shota, which we saw uh, yesterday, but don't want to jump too far ahead, but. Uh, yeah, the, the injury bug has struck up up front as well. So whether we like it or not, we're going to have to uh, stick out, stick it out with uh, RDC and uh, Seferovic uh, up top there as well. So with the uh, the season just like five weeks into the season, and we're already seeing the uh, injury bug the injury bug uh, strike this team, which is a bit concerning, but uh, still a long way to go. Yeah, absolutely. Look, there's there's no uh, shortage of choices in uh, in this plantel. I think that uh, 28 or 29 guys deep is uh, how big this uh, roster is, and and certainly when players go away to to national teams, you never know uh, how they're going to come. Some of them may come uh, more motivated, so that might have been the case. That could have been the case with uh, uh, Seferovic, with the exception that he actually withdrew or he came home from camp because his wife uh, had their their first child. So I'll, we know that Seferovic could score, right? Um, but uh, yeah, he wasn't even with the the, the national team. He was uh, in Portugal with his wife having their first baby. So uh, I'm not surprised at all. 
uh, that that continues. It Bruno Lage doesn't seem like a guy that will give in to the fan base's demands. Doesn't really. As a matter of fact, it's it's almost the opposite. He's a guy that's very. Uh, firm on his beliefs he's a convict uh, he, he has conviction in his beliefs and he knows and of course Dave I always say this that the guy that works with the team 24-7 or whatever and I know it's not 24-7 but every day of the week almost he knows those players better than than any of the fan base and despite us thinking how logical some of the, the choices and some of the changes may be uh, he has a totally different perspective than than uh, the regular fan like you and I. So yeah. let's let's keep going with those guys. Uh, again, Befica uh, played okay. Uh, perhaps a typical game from after coming from an international break where there's some rustiness. Of course, uh, when when the squad get it gets into that rhythm of of practicing, resting, preparing for the game. Uh, having certain days uh, in the week where you're preparing or you're getting something ready for the next game, whether you're watching film or whether you're doing uh, certain exercises in the training pitch. Uh, in the international break, there's a disruption to that uh, to that routine. So sometimes it could be good for certain players, but I think that overall, I think the squad is going to suffer, Dave. Yeah, of course. And especially, like you said, with players, uh, some players leaving uh, away to go away for their uh, international duties. Uh, Bruno Lodge also had to call up a lot of uh, players from the B and uh, junior team to uh, fill in some spots during training. So you're not going to get that uh, familiarity with some of those uh, players. So it's not going to be your, your usual training sessions leading up to uh, a match. So um, like you said, there was some rustiness uh in this this game it wasn't uh 100 percent domination but uh benfica as of late hasn't looked like that team that's been clicking on uh, all cylinders so uh still a work in progress uh especially with this uh game here yeah so uh benfica got an opportunity to go up ahead 10 minutes in pizzi had a chance to put a a, a pk away uh, but he didn't. Uh, but Dave, you had an interesting stat in terms of uh, the the PKs that uh, that Benfica has had. Yeah. So no team in, Port- in the Portuguese league has missed more penalties in the last two seasons than uh, Benfica uh, with uh, four penalties. And uh, the second closest team was Pondela with two. And then there was a bunch of uh, other teams with one missed uh, penalties in the last two seasons. So. Uh, a bit concerning. Um, I know PT's been taking the PKs since the uh, end Jonas. of last season. Yeah, since Jonas in the la- end of last season. But maybe this is a, a place that we can put uh, Raul the, the Tomas to get his first goal, uh, get the monkey off his back, and start having him take the uh, the PKs because uh, you can tell that it's getting to the guy that he wants to just get that, that first goal open his uh, career uh, with Benfica with uh, his first goal. So I, I think Maybe going forward, Lodge looks at that and has uh, uh, Raul de Tomas uh, take the penalties going forward. Yeah, Pizzi would eventually uh, redeem himself in the 52nd minute grabbing uh, a goal, but not before Benfica went into the locker room before the half, uh, benefiting from an own goal. And and look, we, we've seen 
a few own goals now this early in the season. Uh, but we have to say that those own goals are coming off of a defender that is preventing a ball from getting either to Zafedovic or to RDT uh, and uh, is putting the ball in his own net. So those opportunities are there. And if it weren't for those defenders, they might end up in the back of the net. So uh is creating some opportunities, um, but but things has just not been as smooth. Uh, I was thinking about this, Dave, and, and I could ask you this. Do you think that perhaps um the international champions cup the the, the way Benfica presented themselves international champions cup winning that tournament and and we can't say that they they won they smashed everyone um they did win the tournament but uh, you know they weren't overly spectacular uh performances but nonetheless we still won and then um we start the the season officially with the super cup with a 5-0 beating of sporting do you think that perhaps that kind of got the fans on the wrong on the wrong wavelength perhaps maybe the fans are now expecting way too much and and people tend to forget that this is early in the season the team is still working out a lot of things maybe if, if it's just fans that are looking at uh, the score sheets but the eye test there even with that sporting five nothing uh victory there was concerns even in that first half where they didn't they didn't play uh as well and were fortunate to not be down in that uh that game sporting just unraveled in the second half and Benfica capitalized uh and you see that with the five no, uh five nil score line but yeah even in the uh icc Benfica um did what they needed to do to squeak by uh with results in all three of those matches um and except for that Chivas game where Chivas was just uh, fielding their B team at that, that point. But um, yeah, I, I think for, for fans that have just been scoreboard watching, uh, maybe they came into the uh, season with um, some false sense of uh, reality and really had their hopes up high, but you could see that it wasn't a uh, Benfica that was performing like they were at the end of uh, last season under, uh, under Lodge. But it seems like we go through this uh, no matter who's the coach with Benfica. August and September, uh, the team starts off slow and, and they build it up uh, going as the season progresses. So not that uh, concerned uh, as of right now. Yeah, and Laj did mention that uh, there was still lots of, of work to be done and the team wasn't yet at the level that he wanted them to be. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, look, there, there's a little bit of uh, restlessness from the fan base, especially when that forward line that is uh, is is taking way too long to uh, to show their output. I mean, you're looking at RDT, a guy that cost uh, a lot of money, and you're looking at Seferovic, a guy that was the best scorer of, uh, of the league last year. So uh, guys that have goals in them uh, but have yet struggled. And I think that one of the biggest things that, that I have seen so far is the fact that Benfica does, are, are doing things well uh, from the defensive line forward once they get into the final third there seems to be something there that there's kind of some some kind of a blockage that the forwards aren't getting behind um the the balls they're they're not uh they're not 
putting away their chances. Benfica is creating, and now and then you see guys like Rafa and Pizzi being getting on a score sheet. As a matter of fact, Pizzi is the best scorer uh, in the Liga Nos right now. Uh, but uh, it, it, the fans, there's a little bit of restlessness in terms of of what this forward line uh, can produce, and I think that this has been one of the biggest root causes of of Benfica not playing as impressive or as dominating as they should because yes they're winning games but there's there you come away from the game and you feel like the team should have done better especially knowing what we know from the team last year and this team on the lodge so i'm not really sure um when this this tide is going to turn but like you said august and september always tough because beginning of the season um, finally getting in those, those those official games. Then you have an international break, which breaks up any type of momentum you're, you're trying to build as a team, as a chemistry, um, and as uh, as a unit. Uh, and now you got uh, a Champions League game, a Champions League game uh, that took place this past, uh, this past Tuesday as we record this against uh, Red Bull Leipzig. And if I may add, uh, Dave, Red Bull Leipzig, they're not a bad team. Uh, they're a team that compete in in, uh, in Germany, in the Bundesliga. As a matter of fact, they're in first place. Uh, and I think that uh, after a lot, after this game, and, and if you haven't been under a rock, you know what the result was. Uh, Benfica lost this game to one, of course. Um, but after this game, there there's a lot of fans that are getting down um, on Benfica in terms of the European performances, but I have a question to ask you uh, in terms of of that, and, and I have my own opinion on Benfica's European campaigns. But um, let's run through the through the lineup because there was there's quite a, a few changes the, here. Vlaco Dimus was in goal. Tomas Tavares started a right back. This is the kid, if you recall, Dave, that was signed and it was promoted. Uh, to the A team right away when I think he's still a, a, he's at junior age if I'm not mistaken he played on a, as a right back uh, Ruben Dias Ferro Grimaldo rounded up the the, the rest of the back line face and Tarab so a repeat from the the midfield uh, uh, unit that we had against Gil Vicente Pizzi on one side Servi on the other Jota and RDT up front so a couple things here. Um, the, the first thing as I look at this, Tomas Tavares, um, a young man with a lot of potential. I'll be honest, I hadn't seen him that much. Um, but from from watching the game, looks like a, a, a kid that is very capable, very confident. Uh, the fact that he was playing his first game as a starter at Stade Luz in the Champions League, no less, didn't seem to really rattle him. Uh, and then you got the other factor, right? You got the fact that, that Andre Almeida just came from an injury, uh, is a guy that's still getting that game rhythm under him. And at this point, it might be wise not to give him that many games in short span of space. So I understand this uh, this Tomas Tavares um, uh entry or, or or change um what i don't understand uh and this again goes back to this the the thing that i was talking about before and and Lajas presser about everyone that's here counts is servi how do you how do you go from not being on a squad list or haven't been on a squad haven't played a mi- a single minute this this season and, and granted it's early in the season and you start 
that's the that's the one I don't understand. Dave, how did you like Tomas Tavares, and what did you think about the the whole this whole Servi uh, choice? Yeah, uh, Tomas Tavares, he held his own. Uh, he, like you said, he, he definitely did not lack any confidence. Uh, uh, there with a uh, 18 years old, um, one of the youngest uh, ever Benfica players to make their debuts um, for the senior squad on uh, Champions League. I think only Svilar and uh, Gedge were only younger than him to make their uh, their senior team debuts. But um, yeah, he definitely held his own. Um, now I didn't know if is Nuno Tavares uh, injured as well because uh, he was uh, there before uh, Almeida sort of. Did they, is there any word if he's injured or he's just not in Lodge's um, uh, good books at the moment? Yeah, from from what I understand, he's not injured. At least I, I didn't see him in any clinical bulletin. Um, but I think that that whole experiment of, of him on the right um, was good for the time being, I think, because that's what it was needed. But I think with Tomas Tavares now having some more team, some more time to work out with the team, perhaps the choice would have gone to a natural right back rather than a left back that has been adapted to play on, on the right. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I get that. I get that. Yeah. Yeah. No problems with that. Um, There's going to be some Tasa games coming up that I'm sure Nuno Tavares will get uh, his opportunities again, but uh, yeah, I'm very impressed with uh, Tomas Tavares. And um, with Servi starting, I, I, this is a bigger issue than just Servi. This is um, Benfica using the Champions League as like a garage sh- a garage sale showcase for some of these players that haven't gotten minutes. Uh, Servi seeing his first minutes of the season in a European, the biggest year uh, competition in Europe, the Champions League, and we're using it. Uh, I don't know if they're using it as a showcase or what's uh, the deal because we've spoken on this podcast uh, many times. Rafa is our most um, dangerous player there, and we could have definitely used him for the the whole uh, ninety minutes, if not uh, to start the the game. But uh, yeah, I don't know where Servi uh, or how Servi fit into Lash's plans to start the match. Um, he did have the the one chance that he shot it uh, directly at the keeper, but uh, I I think this is a bigger problem than just Servi. Like I said, this is Benfica treating the Champions League. Um, with a, a very small mentality and not putting their their best team forward uh, in these uh, European competitions. Yeah, that seems to be a, one of the biggest uh, theories out there uh, that Benfica is using uh, the Champions League to to market these youngsters. I mean, we saw another Tavares kid making his debut for Benfica, uh, as you mentioned, um, and then Servi was on the on the on the trading block or on a sell block or on a loan block whatever you want to call it uh before the season started yeah it, it may very well be uh uh i think that uh i have i have my i have a hard time uh grasping this and and look uh getting into, just just touching up on a game i didn't think that um that benfica played that bad um i thought there was a lot of again the the, the final third uh, it was something that's lacking. Something is lack, lacking there in the final third and, and creating more chances and putting chances away. Um, we can't discount how good this Red Bull Leipzig is. And, and by no means am I trying to underplay the fact that Benfica 
should have won this game. But this is also a very competent uh, Red Bull team that I've I've actually I follow this this team because uh, uh, Tyler Adams, American international, uh, was transferred from New York Red Bull uh, to uh, a Leipzig Red Bull. So I, I I watch them every now and again when I have a chance. And this is a team that's very competent. This is a team, a young team that likes to press, uh, that that likes to to touch the ball around. And then you got. Um, Verder up front, and you got uh, Paulson uh, up front also that could that could do a lot of damage if they're given the room. Uh, and I think that they did just that. Uh, uh, the second half opened up, and I think that uh, Leipzig was a lot more efficient than Benfica, Benfica was. Uh, I remember the keepers on, on the first half making a couple good saves, especially Vlako Dimus. There was at least a, a pair of good saves that Vlako Dimus did uh, that kept Benfica or kept the scoreline at zeros going into the half. Uh, but in the second half, I think that uh, I don't know if it was just a, a lack of focus by Benfica or if just Red Bull was just um, too good for them. Um, but here's here's what I wanted to uh, to ask before we started this this conversation, Dave. And uh, a poorly attended uh, uh, match, I think there was, I want to say 30,000 there. I think that Benfica announced 40, but there was really 30-something. Um, do you think that the, the, the fan base um, kind of feels that there's, there's been a, a, a disinterest in European competition by Benfica where they have given priority to domestic uh, to the domestic league? Yeah, I don't I fault the fans one bit. Why are the fans going to spend extra money? Because it's not a part of their, their red pass. They have to buy an extra package for the Champions League games. And we see that the club doesn't prioritize this competition. So I don't blame the, the fans one bit if they're not going to show up and fill the season, uh, fill the, the uh, stadium up until the club shows that they're going to treat this competition um, with their importance that it deserves. I don't blame the fans one bit for, for not, uh, for not showing up, especially with the, the prices that they're asking for, for the uh, Champions League um, tickets. But um, yeah, it, it it goes down again, once again, with the, the club not treating the Champions League um, as a major competition and a major important competition for this uh, for this club here. Yeah, there's there's a very good article that was published today on Zero Zero dot pt by Baquero or uh, Flip English, if you guys uh, don't know him by Baquero, but go and check that out. And he t- he talks about um, he reminisces a little bit about. The Benfica of of old, the Inferno Estadio Luz, the fact that Benfica was almost unbeatable at uh, at Estadio de Luz in in the eighties uh, and earlier uh, years, um, and uh, and now it seems that uh, that Benfica is a team that's very easily beatable at Estadio de Luz. Not to mention um, that he kind of pulls back the tape and. And throughout the years, there, there's been many, many statements by Luis Filipe where he says, we're building a team to be competitive in Europe. And he goes back as far as I probably, I don't know, without having the article in front of me, he goes back eight or nine years. And and um, it seems that at, at periods of the season, in certain seasons, in certain years, that there's always a statement by Luis Filipe Fiera, 
contradicting what a lot of fans are talking about right now, that there's a disinterest by Benfica in this European competition or perhaps uh, not being as prioritized or not being given as much importance as it should be. Uh, so where, where do we stand? We got the president saying one thing and then we see a different product and a different attitude uh, and a different commitment to this competition. Uh, yes, it's it's great that Benfica uh, has pocketed that uh, money up front from making it to the group stages, and the, the, that that money has since then, last year was negotiated so that the teams that make the group stages earn a lot more than what they were earning before. Is that Benfica's only goal, is, is to grab that money up front and then be a showcase for youngsters that seems to be a, a theory and as you mentioned uh will you believe that there seems to be a theory by a lot of people uh i just think and and if chris was here you, you'd be absolutely going berserk about this um and chris and i were kind of born in and came up at a time where where benfica took European competition series. Um, we're talking about uh, uh, the old Stade de Luz. We're talking about the, the story that Moser um, tells uh, every once in a while, or, or the, the famous story by Moser when Moser transferred from Benfica to um, was it was it Marseille? I think it was. I don't know if it was. Mar it was. It was. A, it was a French club. I think it, it might have been Marseille, and the Marseille uh, players were at the tunnel. Uh, they hadn't even come up, um, and they heard um, they they heard what was going on outside, and the players were were really surprised by what was going on outside, and they looked at Moser, and Moser said, "That's doing Fernando Deluge." There's a story like that, and it's quite a a, a cool uh, story. Uh, But yeah, I mean, Stade Luz, the, these Europeans nights, aside from the big clubs making a visit, it's just their support. They're just as as well attended as a League Cup game. And, and I don't understand. But Dave, as I mentioned, it kind of speaks to the investment, the 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 commitment investment that the, the team or, or Benfica as a club has made to this competition. So I don't fault uh, the fans for not going, understanding that. Benfica is not going to take this comp competition serious, uh, and whether or not the club will come out and honestly uh, or or be transparent about what their approach is, the fact of the matter is that the past three years have been shameful for Benfica in European competitions. In a club with such um, with such rich history uh, and with such um, big reputation among. Uh, Europe's biggest and, and historical clubs to be able to go into the Champions League and, and to kind of devalue, if you will, uh, and kind of let that brand and let that name uh, take shots or, or reduce value or devalue, as I mentioned, devalue and and the uh, and the reputation that they have is I don't know. It's to me, it doesn't sit right with me, and no. and it doesn't sit right with many fans. No, and just to start to, to prove that point, their last seven home games in the Champions League, they've only got one win, one draw, and five losses. So this is definitely not the uh, the old days where uh, clubs are, are, are scared or uh, intimidated of playing us at home in the uh, in the Champions League. And um, you know when uh, Luis Felipe Vieira says that he's going to take the, that the 
club is going to take European competition seriously. He says that in, in election years, and he always tries to make it a, an election province that Benfica is going to make these many European finals, blah, blah, blah. Those are, that's election talk when he, he makes those, those quotes, because as soon as he's reelected, we see it time and time again that the club does not treat this, uh, any European competition with the, uh, the priority that uh, it deserves. So, and then we get yeah. spanked five five nothing against uh, Basel, and, and we've seen um, like a couple of years ago we've got Juan Carvalho and uh, Diogo Gonzalez, uh, uh, two young guys making their yeah. views. And like we've seen, we they, they just use this as a showcase uh, tournament for guys um, to get the, their their transfer market uh, value up. Yeah, and even the game last year. Uh, in Turkey, uh, that large field of this team that people were, were surprised, they ended up getting the win. Uh, but yes, along the same lines, promoting young kids to the big stage. And not that I'm saying that they're not prepared, uh, but, but perhaps going with your strongest team is a better option. So, And that, and that, that would be the option that I'd like to see because we can sit here and say that Benfica has been uh champions of portugal the last what is it six out of the six or seven out of the last 10 uh years here but when we go to uh europe and uh we get spanked we don't have that respect that uh and, and nor do we deserve that respect in europe when we we feel not our strongest uh, 11 right so uh very shameful to see how the club treats this uh this very prestigious uh tournament yeah um 2-1 for Benfica. I mean, 2-1 for Benfica. I wish. I wish. 2-1 uh, for uh, for Red Bulls. The one goal by Benfica coming in, uh, coming from uh, Seferovic, who was, uh, who was subbed in in the 76th minute. Uh, he has a, a curious gesture, uh, and, and that's that's been another topic of conversation. He kind of puts his finger to his, to his nose and his mouth as to shushing uh, the fans. And it, it's... I was watching the replay and I was watching a little bit of the game again um just a couple hours ago and uh it's funny because his his first instinct is to go and get the ball right because if he gets yep. down to nothing his first instinct is to go towards the goal but a, he changed his mind completely it's almost like he, he he just came to the realization that he's been so criticized by the by the by the fan base and the amount and, and us included of course um myself i i can't say the same thing about you dave because i know you got a soft spot for him uh but he's he, he came to the realization i've been so criticized that it's 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 a lot more important to me to go and shush the fans than it is to go get the ball and trying to save up some time to maybe we could still get the tie uh and look I don't have a problem with uh, with him shushing the fans. Uh, we've seen Cardozo uh, do it, and I think that uh, you know people know what Cardozo's uh, status is within Benfica and Benfica's history. I don't have a problem with it. the problem that I have is that he should have spent that time going to get the ball and bringing it to the circle so Benfica could get a, a, a couple more minutes, uh, if you will, uh, to see if they could equalize. But uh, you know. What what's your whole thing? Your whole take on this thing, Dave? I have no problem with it. I love it because these good, the fans so called are getting on his back. This guy uh, Bay, uh, scores one, 
But it, oh, it's a tap-in. It's his easy tap-in. When he, the guy doesn't score the tap-ins, he gets criticized. When he scores the tap-ins, he gets criticized. So the Fedovic uh, right now can't do anything right for our, our fans. Um, yes, he go, he does make that first instinct to go after the ball. Uh, the keeper is in the way of the ball, and Rafa is also, if you see, is coming in from the other side. So I don't know if he sees that Rafa is going to get the ball and then decides to do his gesture. I'll, I'll give him the uh, benefit of the doubt on, yeah. on that one, that that he sees Rafa going to get the ball. But uh, I have no problems with uh, him doing that gesture. He is human. He's showing some emotion. He definitely hears that the crowd and the uh, fans are on him and and. Trust me, I'm sure that the guy wants to score every every chance that he gets. He's not missing these opportunities on on purpose. So um, good to see him to show that uh, emotion, and hopefully he carries it forward um, going forward to these next games. But I have no no problems uh him shushing the fans um, yeah. at all. It could have also been that he was shushing the fans because his newborn was trying to sleep. Yeah, and, and for people. <laughs> uh, the guy's got to deal with the fans. He's got to probably deal with his personal life. He's probably got to deal with his wife being shot. He's got a newborn. So the guy, he's, give the he's guy got a, a lot break. going on. Yeah. Give the guy a break. He's got a lot going on. So, uh, but if he go off to the, to the worst start, uh, imaginable, especially getting the, the, the champions league campaign started at home, uh, at home is when you want to get your points and, we all know that uh, these competitions are, are usually uh, passed or usually passed into the, the second uh, stage or the knockout stages uh, with getting points away and holding the, your point advantage at home or getting the points at home. Uh, so uh, in a group that where we said that any of these four teams uh, can come out on top or can come out on the bottom, uh, it's 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 not an encouraging start for Benfica. We'll see how uh, how Benfica performs when they travel uh, to Russia to play Zenit, who, who by the way, uh, tied uh, Lyon uh, in the for earlier that day or earlier yesterday. So perhaps not the 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 worst result for Benfica being that uh, you know they only have one point. Benfica has zero, so Benfica can still recuperate those points, but uh, Leipzig, we will see that Leipzig will prove to be one of the stronger teams of uh, of this group, and they may end up coming out uh, first or, or second. I don't think Leipzig gets uh, relegated to uh, to the Europa League or even uh, come out in fourth. I just think that they're they're a solid young team uh, that, that, that could put things together. Uh, they, so, they remind me a lot of uh, how uh, Ajax uh, looked last year. The young team coming out of uh, nowhere. I know everyone knows the name uh, Ajax from the, the 90s, but uh, yeah. nobody was really giving Ajax a chance uh, last season. And look, they made it all the way to the semifinals. So let's see what uh, Leipzig can do because they've, they've got that young organized uh, team as well that uh, could uh, prove some uh, doubters wrong in this tournament. Absolutely right. Next up for Benfica this Saturday, 8.30 in Moreira de Cónigos against Moreirense. Uh, Dave, what's Moreirense been up to uh, this season? Uh, this season, they're uh, currently in ninth place with uh, two wins, a draw, and two losses. They uh, lost last weekend against Santa Clara. I believe it was 2-0 in uh, the Azores. Um, and uh, last season, they were uh, the, the Cinderella story of, of uh, the Portuguese league Um they, proved, they had a lot of upsets and played some really good uh, football. 
and uh, they did beat us 3-1 at home as well last uh, season. So um, they are a, a strong organized team that uh, can take points from uh, the big clubs in, in Portugal. So uh, we did go and beat them 4 for nothing afterwards once uh, Lodge did take over uh, last season um, in Morins. But um, they, they are a team that can, can play, can be dangerous uh, for us. Yeah, absolutely right. And uh, with the, with the games coming fast and furious, haven't played this Tuesday. I know we play Saturday, so that's quite a bit of a rest time. But with uh, Vitória de Guimarães on the horizon a week from today, a Wednesday, as we record this, do you think there are going to be some more squad rotation by uh, by Laj, or do you think the priority is the league and my strongest squad is the squad that's going to play against yeah. Moradense? Yeah, it's got to be. If they didn't use their strongest 11 for for Champions League, I, I, I would hope that they use their strongest uh, 11 for, for the league and not prioritize, prioritize the Allianz Cup or the Tasa Cerveja or whatever they're calling it this year. But uh, yeah, that that um, sorry that Guimarães game on Wednesday should not be a priority. And, and that's a game that you would use uh, to rotate and get some minutes for guys that haven't been uh, playing this season, and, and they got to use their strongest eleven uh, this Saturday. Yeah. Look, uh, as we uh, often say here, your your most important game is your next game, regardless of what that is, and regard what regardless of what you have afterwards. Your 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 most important is always the next game. Anyway, uh, one more thing to to finish out uh, the podcast. Uh, Benfica Sad presented their uh, eighteen. Their, the 18-19 season balance sheet, uh, $300 million in revenue. Uh, that is a record uh, for Benfica. $29.4 million in profit. Uh, $13.7 million reduction in the passivo. Uh, I'm not a finance guy. Uh, I don't know much about finance, but uh, this is good news, obviously. And this, I don't believe this has uh, Jean-Felix's... Um, Sean Felix's cell on here yet. It did have Jimenez. It did have uh, Jovic. Uh, and it did have Anderson Talishka. I'm not sure that it had Sean Felix yet. At least I didn't see that in the highlights that I read. Uh, but it was also mentioned that a lot of these gains were also brought upon uh, by the new restructured uh, uh, compensation uh, fee from uh, UEFA in terms of the Champions League uh, entry. Uh, but uh, good for Benfica. Reducing the passivo is always something uh, that uh, that that pleases me. Uh, and 13. Did they say how much is left on that uh, that debt? Did they, they said they reduced it, but they didn't say how much was uh, still left, was there? Yeah, there's... I, I believe, and I could look that up right now real quick for you, um, because somebody sent me this, it's uh, 384.603. So 384.603 uh, euros. Uh, and that reduction was from 398 to 54. Um, the Ativu, which is the, I get, I don't know what that is called in English, but that is the, the their assets. Um, went from 485 to 500, 000, 500 million. 
Uh, and I think that there's only been uh, this is only the second time where it's been over 500 million. Um, their I guess their their assets is is how I could uh, I could describe this. I don't know if I'm using the right term or not, but nonetheless, look, it's uh, it's it's important that uh, the club is is healthy enough. Uh, but as a fan, you got a question: Where's the investment on? good players uh i can't remember last time benfica bought a player of saviola's caliber only or even imarsk caliber uh right uh we are spending 12 million for vinicius and 20 22 million for rdt um so a lot of the fan base is wondering i mean if you want to be competitive in europe if you want to show in show in europe because look i think that benfica has plenty to do something domestically to to show themselves domestically but uh there's clearly not an investment to make this team um compete on the european stage no and and they're not going to get that investment from outside of portugal um i know that i read an article they're trying to target the american and asian markets for some um some investment but Who's going to want to invest in uh, Benfica when they go and turn on Champions League and see them getting spanked around and not uh, not being a giant in that tournament, right? That's uh, one of the biggest uh, tournaments uh, in the sport. And if the club isn't going to treat that with the uh, the respect and the importance, they're not going to get that investment from uh, outside of Portugal uh, in the Asian and American markets because that's uh, that's that tournament is huge in those markets. So uh, they're not going to get that outside investment uh, with that mentality uh, going forward. No, you're absolutely right. That uh, good showing in the European stage uh, where all the games are watched uh, worldwide is important to attract uh, foreign investors. I get that. And that makes tons of sense to me. Anyway, we shall see what, what Benfica does uh, for the rest of the European campaign. I saw a, a little blurb from from uh, Correio da Manhã saying that uh, Vieira demands points in Russia. So we'll 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 see what happens. We'll see uh, you know what's going to happen with European competition. Certainly, there's a lot of fans out there hoping that Benfica has a better showing in Europe. Not that uh, Red Bull is uh, is a team that uh, they could walk over. But nonetheless, I think that the attitude uh, has to be different. Uh, and the message that you pass out to the fans or to your fan base has to be different. It can't be a Servi who has not yet played one minute uh, this season be the starter. Uh, I'm sure there were other options out there. So, yeah. All right. That's all I got. Next week, we'll be back. We'll be back on Tuesday. We uh, obviously are here recording this on Wednesday because the Champions League uh, took pl- game took place on Tuesday. Next week, we'll be back on Tuesday. We'll recap this Morenes game and look ahead to the inaugural game of this year's uh, League Cup uh, in Portugal. Take care, everyone. Dave, 87DO87, right? That's correct. At 87, 87. Podcast is where you can find us. Uh, don't forget to uh, check out that the article by Baqueru. Uh, he has a very interesting view uh, on uh, Benfica's, uh, on Benfica's European campaigns as of late and even the message from the president. It's on 00.pt. Check that out. Later, everyone.